Good morning, Graceway family. Pastor Ed here. And uh, this morning, before we jump into the word, I want to take a minute to recall what has been spoken over uh, our church for this year, 2022. We are just beginning the second half here in early July, second half of the year. And so I thought it would be good to, to just kind of pause for a second and, and remember the things that the Lord began to show us in the beginning of the year of what he had in store for us. And you may remember, uh, we spent some time way back in January talking about this, and it was a word that he gave us out of the Gospel of John. It's out of John, uh, ironically enough, 2022. And this is where Jesus had risen from the dead. He uh, appears to his disciples as they were in the room together. And it says uh, that he looked at them. He says he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the spirit. And this is a word that he gave us for this year. And we really sense that this is something that he is doing in every one of our hearts uh, on a personal level. And then as we come together, even on a corporate level, to something that his, his spirit is stirring within us, activating something within us and preparing for what he has ahead. And our role in the meantime, as we wait, just as it was for the disciples, they sat and they received. And so we sit and we, we just lean in to what the Lord is saying. We lean in to what he is prompting us to. And this is what we've really been encouraging um, the entire church throughout this summer is to be in prayer and say, what is the Lord speaking to your heart? How may he be calling you um, to, to live out some of the things that we've been talking about, about living on mission and sharing his message, of hope, salvation, forgiveness to the world that is so desperate and, and in need of this message. We know that as we take time to lean in to what he has spoken over us, He's going to be faithful to fulfill everything that he has spoken. And this was this was kind of the, the other half of that word that was given back at the beginning of the year. This was a year of promises fulfilled. He completes everything he begins. He finishes everything he starts. And he does everything he says he's going to do. And so we as his people, we sit and we wait and we watch expectantly, anticipating these wonderful things of God that he has spoken. Along this idea of living on mission, you know, we believe that we are a sent people. Jesus said, even in the verse prior to receiving the Spirit, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And we are sent because we know that this is not our home. We are not of this world, but we are placed in it, and we are in it with very specific purpose. As long as we are here, we are not home, and as long as we are here, we are on mission in this place. And in our readings this week from Acts 15 to 19, this is what we see in the life of Paul. We see about how he lived his life on mission. In these chapters we read through, Paul had already completed his missionary journey, traveling vast different distances to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had made his way back to Antioch, and after being there for a while, he reached out to Barnabas and he said, hey, let's go back to all the places where I preached the gospel and let's visit those believers. Let's check on them and see how they're doing. Let's, let's go encourage them. And so Paul did that. He embarked on that journey and went to revisit all of these places. And even though they are places, many of which he had already been to these places, as he went and visited them, he still was, had different levels of reception at each one. 
Uh, for a number of those cities, he was received well and he continued to preach and it was received and people made decision to follow Jesus. And at the same time, a number of those cities, stirred people were stirred up. They didn't like what he had to say because it was throwing off their dynamics. It was throwing off the way of life. And so they now came in opposition against what Paul was speaking and actually even kicked him out, beat him, threw him out of their towns. And even some of the towns where this happened are the very cities that we have letters that he had written to the believers. It happened in Philippi. It happened in Ephesus. It happened in Thessalonica. You know, these are cities where he was rejected. He was thrown out. But yet these are also places where there was a strong body of believers that remained in that city and continued to live for Jesus and spread the message of Jesus to their neighbors. But what's amazing, what I love about Paul's example is how he was so focused on his mission. Even in those places where he was cast out and rejected, it says that he just shook the dust off of his feet and continued to move on. He didn't let the opposition stop him from moving forward in his mission. We can see kind of some of Paul's personality. We can see his determination in the way he lived his life and the way he carried himself. So he was so determined that even when he was treated unjustly, says a number of places he was beaten, he was thrown into prison, um, not rightfully so, but just because of accusations. But when he was thrown into prison, he didn't let these things stop him. He didn't run away. He didn't give up the mission. He didn't ignore it and, and try to pretend like the opposition wasn't there. But even in that opposition, he looked for the mission to be completed. What can God do with this circumstance? If I give this circumstance to him, to him, if I give my imprisonment to him, if I keep going here with my heart and eyes open to the Lord and his will, what can God do with this? Always looking for that opportunity to push the mission forward. And we see this when we read about the story about how he was imprisoned, imprisoned in the city of Philippi. It says that they, when, they, when they bound him and they gave him to the, to the jailer, the jailer put him in, in, in the inner parts of the jail, locked him up there, and left him there for the night. And it says that Paul and Silas, they're there in prison together, that they were praying and they were singing hymns to the Lord. They're looking to God, they know who's in control. They know what their mission is and they know who gave it to them. So they're continuing to pursue the Lord even in that circumstance. And here's what happens, you read it this week, God shows up, there's an earthquake that shakes the gates, the doors, the chains, breaks off the chains in all the prisons. The doors come flinging open in all, in all of the, the, the cells of the prison, the doors come flinging open. And when the jailer sees what happened, he looks and all he sees, it says, he just sees that the doors were flung open. He didn't even take the time to go and look and explore and see who was there, who had escaped, but he sees that the doors are open and he pull, draws his sword and he's about to thrust himself in because that was gonna be his punishment anyway of having the prisoners escape. That meant his life was gonna take their place. And so he's about to thrust himself on his own sword and Paul sees him and says, stop, don't harm yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but Paul, knowing that he was on mission from God to share the message of Jesus, when he's imprisoned unjustly, you would think that when God intervenes in such a miraculous way and opens the doors, that's God moving, giving you your escape. This is your chance. Go back to your freedom. Go back to continue to carry the mission out. But that's not what Paul did. When the Lord 
opened that door miraculously. Paul didn't bolt out, but he continued to say, what's God doing here? And when he looked and he saw the jailer about to take his own life, Paul saw another opportunity. He sees a man desperate, a man in need, and says, don't harm yourself. And this takes the jailer by such surprise, he is shocked. He has nothing else to say, but how can I be saved? Clearly, what you are speaking carries power because the life that you live doesn't make sense. It's full of compassion. Even when you are attacked, you show mercy on the one who is holding, holding it against you. How can I be saved? And it says that Paul and Silas preached the gospel to the jailer and he and his household came to, believe, came to faith in Christ that day. They were baptized. This is all through the night. They were baptized. And Paul and the prisoners still stayed there till the next morning. And what happens was then the, the officials come the next morning and they release Paul and Silas to go on their way. When we look for God in every circumstance that he presents us, when we know that our mission hasn't stopped or something hasn't hindered our mission from going forward just because it's not playing out the way that we thought it would, but when we continue to surrender it to the Lord and look for him in those circumstances, we find that he's still working. We don't have to remove ourselves from those circumstances. We don't have to you know, prove ourselves right. We don't have to escape this unjust treatment so that we can then continue the mission. But we realize that even when the opposition comes, God is working even there. And oftentimes, even more mightily, he works there because the kingdom principles, when they come in contact with the principles of this world, they show themselves as so superior that we can't, men and women can't help but be drawn to the love and power of God. He makes himself evident. And it's through our lives. It's through our focus on him. It's through knowing who we are and knowing the mission that we've been given as long as we are breathing the breath that God has given us. And, you know, sometimes I think we are very quick to kind of disqualify ourselves or to, you know, kind of, we see our own behaviors, we see our own frailties and, and weaknesses. And it's so easy to see others, we see the good in other people, we see the potential in other people, and we so easily overlook what we are able to do, what the Spirit of God is able to activate and do through our lives because we know our weaknesses and those things that we feel like nobody else knows about, nobody sees, those are things that now hinder us from carrying the mission forward. But even in Paul's circumstance, if we read through these chapters carefully in Acts 15 to 19, we see some of these things in Paul's character that show his, the, the human side of him. Even when he, he spoke to Barnabas and, and, and said to him, hey, let's go revisit all of the towns that we went to, Barnabas was all for it, remember, and he wanted to take Mark with him. And it says that Paul and Barnabas got into such a fierce argument about taking Mark because Paul was like, I'm not having him with me. Last time we took him, he abandoned us and he left us on our own. I'm not, I'm not going with him. And it says the argument was so sharp that Paul and Barnabas couldn't even agree and they parted ways. So Barnabas took Mark and went and traveled elsewhere while Paul chose someone else, Silas, to go on the journey with him. Paul refused to work with Mark because he had shown himself as untrustworthy before. And so he said, I'm not doing it again. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take him with us. Again, when Paul was traveling through, through a city, it says that there was a young girl who was possessed by a demon. 
and this girl was following them around the city. Remember this in Acts 16, it says that the girl was following them around the city, he kept saying that these men are from God, telling you, telling you the, the way to God. And she continued this for days, for days. She's just following them around the city as they're walking around the city. And it says that Paul got so annoyed with this girl that in his annoyance, he turned, he spoke to the demon and rebuked it and it left her. And so in, how funny is that? In his annoyance, he rebukes a demon in Jesus' name and it flees. And in another place where Paul was going to the, into the synagogues, it says that he was so frustrated with the Jews and their rejection of his message about Jesus that he says that he actually gave up on them. He said, you know what? I've tried. I've done the best I can. And I'm just not even dealing with this anymore. I ain't got time for this. The Gentiles are more open to receiving the message of Jesus than you are. So again, I'm shaking the dust from my feet and I'm going on my way. So we can see even in Paul's character, we see the, the frustration in the way that he handles it. And God used him in his personality, in his character. He used it all because the, the power of the Spirit was so heavily upon him. He rested in the Spirit and the Spirit did the work through Paul. And that same Spirit, the Spirit that animated Paul and moved him and advanced the kingdom of God through Paul's life. The Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, brought him back to life is the spirit that is in you and me. And that is the spirit that Jesus has spoken, receive my spirit. And I feel like that is, that is our challenge as a church, is to actively receive. It's not a passive thing and just kind of let it happen. It's also not this striving active thing, like oh, we have to work so hard to receive it, but just engage what God is trying to give. Is that as if he is, has something in his hand and he is outstretching his hand and saying, receive this. And we reach back and we take hold of that. There's an engagement, an engaged role for us to play. And so family, I'm going to let you go off into your conversations and dialogue from there. And uh, I'll leave you with uh, a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for your spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is your spirit working through us that does the work of the kingdom, Lord. And I pray that you would strengthen, Lord, our ability, our focus, our determination to rely upon your spirit, Lord. May we learn to be reliant upon your Holy Spirit and that when your spirit moves, determine to move with him. We are your people, Lord. And we want to be people that you know you can trust that when you move, we're moving right along with you, Lord. So we look to you, strengthen, Lord, strengthen our spirit, increase our knowledge and our faith in you, and may your kingdom grow and build through our lives, through our gatherings, through our communities, Lord. May we live on mission for you day in and day out. We love you with all our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.